I mean, it's a fight every day. It's a grind. I mean, you're running into a guy every single day, um, offenses who can score with the best of them, guys who play the game hard. So, I mean, this has been a grind. It's been fun, but I mean, it's been everything I expected. That is uh, George Springer, Kevin Barker, uh, enjoying life in the American League East. And I thought one of the uh, you know, one of the reasons the Jays needed to get back here, I thought, was for George Springer in the first year of that big contract to kind of, I'm not going to say understand what it means to play for the Blue Jays, but to, to kind of get a sense of what we're about. And, you know, this is a guy who spent a lot of time this year getting booed when he was healthy. Spent a lot of time this year getting booed because of the Houston Astros thing. Yeah. And, you know, and, hey, you make your bed, you're he lying. Deserved it. It. You make You make your bed, you're lying it. But the point is, I don't know if there was a guy in this team that needed to, quote, unquote, come home more than George Springer mm-hmm. did. And you made a comment to me off the air about, about George Springer. He isn't healthy. He's wearing a, a knee brace, a small one, but a knee brace nonetheless. Kevin, if this is an unhealthy George Springer... <laughs> Uh, Look, straight, straight, plain and simple, I, I know everybody wants to point at the 31 losses from the bullpen. He played 20 games the first half of the season. Yeah. If he would have played more, they're in the playoffs times two. Like, he, he is, to say elite, setting the tone. Is, Are you, is, he better than you, is he better than even yeah, you thought yeah, he'd thought, be? Yeah. Seeing him on a day-to-day he, basis? He is, up, up, up. Close and personal, yeah. yeah it's you know, when I, I told you the separation he gets in his swing, that that'll tell you that that his timing's a lot better and he's healthier. The the when the front foot hits the ground, his hands separate from his front foot and get in that athletic position. That will tell you that he's not thinking about the knee. Now he said in this post game thing, I think last night that he wasn't a hundred percent, and that's why I made that point to you that man, I can't wait to see him at a hundred percent. But it's just that little separation, and then everything else takes over. Like just the the no fear of attacking the baseball, which not a lot of people can have. Now, I know he got paid a ton of money, and that just makes it that much easier to be free and easy, but there's a lot of expectations. And I was the one raising my hand saying, let's go. Like, yeah. you you were brought here for what reason? And for him to come out and do the things he's done the last two weeks of the season or three weeks of the season, whatever it is, it's you, you, can, t- you can tell why they backed up the Brinks truck. You can tell why, like they, you can tell why everybody, why they gave him the extra, because I'm sure they gave him the extra year that other people didn't. Oh yeah, they, yeah, that's exactly, and it's him in center, him leading off, everything that he brings. Listening to Bo the way they talk, listening to Vladdy, listening to even to Marcus Simeon the way they talked about him, he's second to none. We know him from watching him in the postseason with those Astros teams, and he, you know, he, you can have an argument about how you define clutch. He, to me, to me, one of the things that defines clutch is being able to come through when the lights are the brightest. Yeah. And, and you know, and you, I don't even know how the hell you quantify it. But. Doing it. He, 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 uh, understanding it's the Baltimore Orioles. When his team needed, you know, all hands on deck, uh, he, more he he came through for this team. Like yeah. he showed he showed that he can be a force he in did. September. You, you brought it up at an interesting in point. It, it is the Baltimore Orioles. You saw him against the Yankees. You know, they could go sinker in, they could go slider away. And that's where you saw the little bit of you got he's he was cheating a little bit because of the lower half where they had the issues. And that's where I think he was 
he was talking about, you know, I can't let the ball travel as much against guys that can command, mm-hmm. throw it where they want to throw it, have a plan against me, how how to get me out. But then there's the Orioles who couldn't do that, and it was free and easy, and I'm going to back leg city whenever I want to. 416-870-0590, star 591-888-666-0590. Your thoughts on this season. Plenty of time to do a deeper dive into what the Jays need to do, and we'll ask you tomorrow ahead of Ross and, 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 and Mark's media availability, or certainly Ross's media availability this week. We'll ask you kind of what your what your instructions would be to Ross Atkins going into the offseason. But right now we're looking back at yesterday. We're looking back at, at, at and, and, and trying to, figure out or trying to talk about the positives and negatives of the, of the 2021 season. Ray in Toronto, what's up? Hey, Hey guys, how you doing? We're doing well. Listen, uh, I'm not in an analytical mood at all today. I'm more sentimental. Uh, Last night um, I was watching the end of the Boston game. I don't even think I waited for the Devers ball to land in the center field bleachers. I shut the TV off, took the dog out, went for a walk, came home, made dinner, Turned on Netflix. This morning, I was listening to the podcast of you guys from last night, and I started to reflect on the season. And I got to tell you, here, <laughs> I started to cry a little bit because I'm a big baby. And as I was like being emotional, I, w- I started to think about the. I was thinking, seeing images of the dugout, and how mm. amazingly spirited and great this team is to watch. You know, Vladdy and his goofiness and. Springer with a stupid dancing and Jasker uh, with that beautiful smile and, uh, you know, Manoa who never shuts up, as Springer says. And it occurred to me that um, I was crying with a smile on my face. Um, it was a great season. And I think the shame of it is that not only will we not see them play, the Toronto fans, but Major League Baseball is going to miss these guys. Yeah, People who, are, who don't have a hometown team in the playoffs – when you watch these guys in the dugout and how they play and the, and the spiritedness, um, it, it, it's, it's a miss for a major league baseball. And um, that's all I have to say. And uh, you guys do a great job, by the way, and take care. Yeah, thanks, Ray. Listen, you know, it's the 2015-2016 the Blue Jays teams, to their credit, and I like this about them, they were not liked. People did not like Jose Batista. People did not like – I'm not talking about Jays fans. Jays fans love them. But uh, by and large – Folks around baseball didn't like Batista. They didn't like Donaldson. Mm. You know, Marcus Stroman's act wears thin. If you're a visiting team, I, you know, again, I have no problem with how the guy is on the mound. I think that's, mm. I'll say one thing about Marcus. Marcus is Marcus. He's, he's consistent. He's not a front runner. So, uh, but it wasn't a team that was loved. Now, I'm not saying this team is loved. I'm sure there are folks that we talked about George Springer and the Houston Astros yeah. and, but there was really a sense around baseball. If you just went on social media and other things, or even you know the MLB network, they were talking about a lot of people wanted to see this team in the postseason mm-hmm. because a lot of people like what this team brings. And I had a chance to speak to someone in the commissioner's office, I don't know, six days ago, a little more than that. And I, I haven't got the number yet, but... We were talking about Vladdy Jr. And this person said to me, you know, it's going to be interesting when the year is over. Check our merchandise sales. See how many Vladdy jerseys were pumped out of the MLB on site, like the MLB site. Mm -hmm. 
I, I think that there's people like this team in general. You know, the home run jacket, Barker and I, Barker goes back and forth about this. You know, I think it's fine. I mean, uh, I'll tell you, I'd rather have that than sticking a guy in uh, a cart and rolling him down. Uh, look. No, I don't go back and forth with it. I just say the manager shouldn't be putting it on a player. That, okay. That's all I say. All right. Let them have their fun. And I'll say this. if I, Because I was the 25th, 26th guy. Yeah. And I would have worked hard to wear the jacket. Yeah. To have Marcus Simeon run over and throw the jacket on me, it gives him something to work for. It's okay. just, so just it's a little just, thing. It's the managers. That's just me. Okay. Well, that, that's, that's fine. But, but the point is the, you don't get the sense that the Blue Jays warn people. You know, you don't get the sense that 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 people are just kind of enough, and and I think that's the other aspect of what we saw yesterday, is we've had teams in this city that we and not just Blue Jays teams, we've had teams in this city where we've said, please God, let the season end. Like just, I, I mean, I I remember when uh, I remember when I somebody's got a. I got a new time slot here. Um, I remember when <clears throat> I re- <laughs> sorry for that. I remember when the uh, you know the, the Leafs were eliminated after uh, Salute Gate and all that. I mean, there, there have been Leafs teams that people in Toronto just I, Mike Commissarek. I remember he showed up at a Jays game. They showed him the big screen and it was booed. And it's like there have been teams in the city that fans once the season's over just get the hell out of town, go away. We, we don't want to see you anymore. There's a different sense with this team, a sense that people didn't yeah. want this season to end, that the people weren't tired of this team. They're, they're young, fun, and good. Yeah. Like, what What more do you want? Like, And they're going to be good for, for next year, probably next year, and the year after that. John and Pickering. What's up, John? How you guys doing? Thank you for taking my call. Love the show. Jeff, I'm listening to you for at least 10, 15 years. We used to argue about Brandon Morrow. Years ago. Are you going to please right. don't remind me about my bold when when I came on here and said that Brandon Morrow was going to win a Cy Young Award one year? Yep. <laughs> you remember well, that? I mean, I remember that. You've had a lot of hits and misses, but mostly hits, and that's why I keep listening to you. Except the Rays, you keep going back and forth. You're always talking about Rays up, and then on the other side, you talk about how you can't name players. I think you guys are really, really underestimating the Rays. They've got almost as many stars as the Jays and the White Sox. They've probably got the best closer in Kittredge. They've got Shane McClanahan, one of the top young pitchers in the game. Wander Wander Franco's pretty good. (laughs) Brandon Lau, at least as good as the Oscar and Gary L. So those guys are, uh, they're legit. And then yesterday you saw what a guy like uh, Vladdy will do in a year or two. Mm -hmm. He's a little bit behind Raphael Devers, who just slobbered that ball. And uh, that just... That ended my Sunday, and uh, it, it hurt for sure. I wanted to go back to where you guys started at the beginning of the show. I think Ray, you got to let him walk. He's going to be sorry. Who are you? Who are you talking about? Robbie Ray. Oh, Robbie pitcher. Ray. Sorry. Let okay. Walk. Yep. I think you got to let him walk. He's a two-pitch pitcher. He threw 97. You saw he ran out of gas. He was down at 95 in his last few starts. He's top two pitcher right now in baseball. Is that going to last a long time? I'd pivot. I'd go after a guy like Noah Syndergaard, who's like the next Zach Wheeler. I think Marcus Simeon, you force yourself into re-signing him now because he doesn't chase and he's such a good leader. And because you put Boa at shortstop, you basically have to keep him there since he made huge defensive strides. So forget about the story. 
Carlos Correa. What I would do, I would keep Simeon resigning. I punt on Robbie Ray. I go after a guy like Noah Syndergaard. Then I try and convince somebody like Corey Sager to take third base because without at least minimum one legit left-handed bat, this team doesn't have a chance against teams like the White Sox or the Rays who will just nickel and dime you to death. Yeah. If you look at the Rays, they will put you know 80 different lineups out there in a season. And when Phillips is in the lineup and everybody's sitting in the stands saying, who is this guy? Why is he in the lineup? You're going to lose that game. Because Kevin Cash and Gabe Kapler are the only two managers I would take over Charlie Montoya. Not because Montoya was the third best manager, but because those two guys are just way ahead of the rest. It's as simple as that. We need a left-handed bat. We didn't get Brantley. And most important, I'll leave it on this, the number one priority, Jeff has touched on it, just not today, Jose Barrios. Barrios, we need him. He's our ace. You sign him. Then you go after Simeon. Then you try and fill in with a cinder guard or Brantley or whoever you can get. But without that guy, forget about having a contention window three to five years. Yeah, listen, I appreciate it. I'm with you completely. I I think, I I mean, the Jays made that trade for Jose Barrios with an eye towards getting him in here and re-signing him. You know, Mark Shapiro told us, we, it's hard to get a free agent pitcher to come here. Mm -hmm. Although it was interesting that when Mark talked, he didn't talk about it's hard to get a free agent pitcher to come up to Canada. He said it's hard to get a free agent pitcher to come and pitch in this division and pitch in this ballpark, which is the first time I can remember a long time a Jays executive not using the fact that the team in Canada as an excuse, which was nice to hear. Uh, And and I think shows how far this organization, how far this organization has come. That's why they paid the premium to get Jose Barrios. And that's why I think the, 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 the way Barrios connected with the crowd here, and I, I think he's, I, I mean, I think he's your ace going forward. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you. He is the reason that I'm able to draw a line with Robbie Ray and say, you know what? I appreciate what you did, but I, I've got another guy here. Yeah, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think the front office sees that Ryu's on the back nine and Brios is on the front nine. It's real simple. It's, it's sort of a bookend. You see one guy going out. Yeah. One guy coming in, and you can trade for a guy that, that you know, is athletic, who pitches, who makes all of his starts every single time, who's only going to get better. He's going to be around Pete Walker. Obviously, everybody that's heard me talk knows I'm a big fan of Pete Walker. So, it's, you know, it's it's, it's one of those things where the, I, I think you can never have too many guys that are that are young and have lots of talent who can, you know, get big-time lineups out in a, in a big-time division, and Brios is one of those guys. You okay with Charlie managing next year? Early on, okay, that's where I am. Uh, but I, th- I think I think the rubbers met the road with him. Like I, I think it's look, you 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 know how I feel about the manager. I think it's more important about the coaches and having good pitching coaches and and good. You know, we don't talk enough about Guillermo Martinez. I know everybody's yelling and screaming about fire Guillermo Martinez when the lineup's not very good. I know for a fact Guillermo Martinez is one of the hardest workers the Blue Jays have had in a very very long time. He is the first one there and the last one to leave. So uh, sometimes I don't think we give the coaches enough credit. You know, it's always on the player, and it should be. It's the always, play, you the know, you've have made to this point often get, since uh, I've known you. You've said, Jeff, I can tell you as someone who played, I didn't want the manager to talk to me because that usually not. meant bad it stuff did, was happening. Not. I spend most of my time, if not all the time, with the hitting coach. If you're a pitcher with the pitching coach, it's the, the, the manager's never going to walk up to me and tell me what I'm doing mechanically because I'd laugh. 
Get away from me. You're not in a cage with me every single day. It's the hitting coach. that You form a bond with the hitting coach so you trust him enough that if you go 0 for 8, he can, you can walk by him and him go grab you by the shirt and go, you're, you're doing this, you're doing that. You shouldn't be doing this. Try that because he's in the cage with me. He sees what it looks like when I'm doing, when I'm doing it right. And I just I think sometimes we need to give him more credit. And, you know, they've, they've done a really good job, especially, again. Now, the hitting when you're in, when you're in Dunedin and Buffalo, look, you're licking your chops. Ball flying line to line there. You can you, you saw the Jace line of inside out and balls to right center in Dunedin. Yeah. That, that's yeah. not – but, that's again, right. it, gets, yeah. it gets to the point where right. you actually got to go to the cage. Think about mechanically how you do that, yeah. how you get a pitch to do that, and the, them actually going out and, and performing and doing it. Tip your hat to guys that, yeah. that deserve it. Yeah, listen, I, I said this about, uh, and I, I know Charlie's going to be a talking point, and I'm not going to revisit what I said yesterday about Charlie and John Gibbons, except just to remind people that memories are short, recency bias, et cetera, et yeah. cetera, et cetera. Uh, I, I saw things, I saw more good things out of Charlie than bad things in the second half of the season. He became a much better manager uh, when he had a bench. He became a much better manager when he had Adam Simber and and, and Trevor Romano. Richards, and when Jordan Romano <laughs> yeah. settled in here, you know. And and if you're gonna if you're gonna criticize the manager when a whole bunch of things go wrong, you have to I think give him a little bit of credit when they go right. And you know, Bark, I know your point is a manager's first job. Manager's got to be salesman. Yeah. Manager's got to convince guys in tough times that you know what we know what we're doing here. And and there 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 has to be something. There has to be something about Charlie Montoyo that helped this team one last year, even though it was only 60 games, get to the postseason and two come within one day of going to the postseason this year after playing in three different, every, every player has told us that the need in Buffalo and Toronto, that it was a thing. Yeah. So if we assume that they're not all lying, mm-hmm then, okay, we accept it was a thing, and the manager created an environment where it didn't become an impediment. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that, that's all I can say. And, yeah, you can go back and micromanage every, every game. I, yeah. You know, you can, do that with, you can do that with Alex Cora. You can do that with Aaron Boone. You can do it with Dusty. You can go back and micromanage all sorts of games. Mm-hmm. Couple of things to keep in mind. One, you had a caller talk about how great Gabe Kapler is this year because the Giants yeah. are good. Gabe Kapler was fired by the Phillies. Yeah, he was a freaking disaster. Awful. He was awful. Scott surveys it w- with the Mariners. Yeah, he's got an extension. Yeah, they wanted to run him out of town a couple of sure. couple of years ago. They wanted to fire Jerry Depoto at the trade deadline. Uh. I, I, I I'm just saying that. I think you have to. I think you have to accept that right now, Charlie, I think Charlie was the right guy to manage this team this year. Let's see what happens early in the year. Let's see what happens yeah, early now there, in the year. Now, excuse me, there is things he needs to work on. Like like when, when somebody sticks a microphone in front of his face, you know, you don't, you don't need to be letting the world know every single thing. Like like the Ryu thing, yeah. oh, well, we're expecting, we want four innings. Look, like 
think it through before you well, actually say it. My closer was so sore I, in the bullpen. Don't say things <laughs> like that. Those are those are not things you're supposed to say when you're competing at the highest level. Think of things through before you actually say it. That's my good point. Be a better salesman. And being a better salesman is sometimes not saying everything. But I, I will say this, and I know for a fact, he, he's a better communicator to his team now. Yeah, I, I do know that. I hear, have heard that throughout the room. I try and that's the a one. good thing. And that's that probably the only thing yeah. that does matter. Go to Jeff in Toronto. Go ahead, Jeff. Jeff, I, I just got to say, welcome back to the man to this time zone. You are great. I've known you on this time slot for years. And Mr. Uh, 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 Mr. Barker, it's an absolute pleasure to uh, speak to you for the first time. I just want to say that. Thanks, and as well you. as I think, I just like to say that I want to thank the Blue Jays. Uh, the boys gave us one heck of a year this year, and regardless of what happens, the, bright, the, the future is very, very bright. I just have two points, as you know with me, Jeff, yin to yang. Mm-hmm. You know that I see sometimes things will bounce, and horse racing, a horse will bounce. And he may be a champ, but he'll not run well the next race, whatever. Is this a possibility that we're not talking about, that there is a possibility that they bounce? Now, I'm not saying that they won't win in the future. Right. What I'm saying is that we have to watch and be aware of the bounce factor as well, because if we lose Marcus, and I want to ask you, I think that's a big loss, not to mention the numbers that he produced, mm-hmm. but it's been said and how he is with the team. Robbie Ray, let him go, because you know what? Pitchers bounce, and I'm sure he's not going to have the year he had this year. But what do you think? The number is to keep Marcus here, and I think there's a shot he'll stay here and also on the bounce factor. Thanks, guys. And, again, Mr. Barker, I think you're one of the best in the game. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate it. Uh, you want to go first with the Marcus yeah, Simeon? I, I think he wanted five at 100 to 125 last year. Uh, I don't see any reason why he'd want any less this year. Would you give it to him? <sighs> I, I mean – I, I, can I think about it? Like, I'm serious. That's, 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 a, that's what, a hard question. It's what, not an easy answer. What happened? What, what I heard yesterday, I got to, I, I got to think about it. I yeah. don't know. I, maybe, uh, you know what? I mean, I, I'm looking, you know what? Yeah. Reuse contracts off the books in a couple of years. Gritchick's, yeah. What the hell? What the hell? Well, Why you thought not? you didn't think about it, Lo. Why not? I, I've been thinking about it all. Yeah, why not? Yeah, why see, not? I see, I'm with, with, with most of the callers. I, I'd let Ray go. I, I just did the two pitches, the American League, he's being left-handed, the Max Effort thing. He's wanting four or five years. That's a bit oh, – man, that's a – and if you had to add a third pitch, could he – would it be any good? Now he's going outside the box. I That scares the death out of me. But I will say the Marcus Simeon thing and, and being able to to uh, be a quiet leader, those kind of things of of doing it without saying it. Yeah, that, there's there's some I, I, yeah. at the big league level, Jeff. You don't need to be told. You see your leader doing it. I, see, I keep bringing that little ground ball thing up <sighs> on your knees and seeing Vladdy out there yeah. with Marcus Simeon, with Bo, with Santiago Espinal. Is it, is that because the 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 three young guys came up with that, or is that a Marcus Simeon thing okay. when he did it when, when he was doing it in let, Oakland? Let me ask you. I'm going to ask you this question because I was thinking about the thing Ed Sprague talked about with uh, when we had him on the the A's minor league coordinator and talked about how Marcus Simeon, that's the Oakland way. You keep it simple at the plate. Let me ask you this. If I were to ask you which Blue Jays hitters approach 
you would like to see everybody in this team be able to adopt. Understanding that it can't. You can't because everybody's wired differently. Would it be Marcus Semyon's approach to hitting that you would say? I mean, you know, all things being equal, if you could say, Teoscar, everybody. Yeah. This is the guy whose approach. I, I'm, I'm the baseball god. You've got one wish. I will give you the approach yeah. that you wish for. Would it be Semyon's? No, Simeon's a pull hitter. Vladdy's not a pull hitter. Bo's not a pull hitter. Lourdes is not a pull hitter. Throw Kirk in there. He's not a pull hitter. Randall Gritchick's not hey, a pull but, hitter. But what I'm Brady talking Valera's about is the, the you you talk about getting your pitch to hit. I'm not talking about whether he's a pull hitter or yeah, a lefty yeah, right. Getting your pitch to hit. Yeah, I think I why he's getting more fastballs than most could be where he's hitting in the lineup. Could be he's very good at recognizing pitch out of hand. Uh, it could be experience. He's been there and done it before. It could be all the above. Uh, the approaches. I see. I like Teoscar's. I think Teoscar is very quiet. I think he thinks right center all the time, which keeps his barrel in the hitting zone longer than most human beings. Now he's got more power than anybody on the team for me. That's just me. Now I, yeah. I know you. You're getting Vladdy. The Vladdy home run that you saw yesterday to right field. Ooh, that when I saw that, that just uh, I, I ain't seen that in a while. Like or if ever. Like that is. He took an, he's taken 96, I think it was, inside out in that thing off the, the, the wall in the second deck. That's special. So now you're starting to creep into things that he hadn't done before. That's special. But I like Teoscar's. I think, I think Marcus Simeon's a little different than most. He, he's thinking, I'm, I'm thinking a plate in front of the other plate. Most, most hitters can't think that. So if I, if I were, you think about one guy, it's Teoscar's. It's quiet. It's short and quick. I'm thinking up the middle the other way just because I want to keep the barrel in the hitting zone a long time, but to each his own. It's, it's not, that's, that's why, that's why this lineup's special. George is different. Marcus Simeon's different. Vladdy's different. Bo's different. They're all very aggressive early in counts because secondary pitches nowadays are so tunneling and so late breaking that it's impossible to think late in counts and let the work counts, but they got a really good lineup. We are going to break. We'll be back with Shai Davidi. We'll take your calls as well. One quick question for you, though, Kevin Barker. Bo Bichette next year. See your cleanup hitter. Uh, do I have that Ramirez guy if playing third? Okay, put Ramirez in there. He's hitting cleanup. Ramirez, Ramirez is, is hitting second. Oh, Ramirez is second. Bo's cleanup. I'm with you on the same page. You're listening to Blair and Barker, powered by DoorDash on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. know yet i mean i played second base all year i can play shortstop i really don't know i, I feel like my power numbers speak for themselves um i'm a baseball player i'm 31 years old but i feel like i'm getting better every day um my body feels great and we'll have to see you know when you get to free agency it's not as easy as just okay i'm going here and get it done you know the business side of it takes over there's a cba involved there's different calls. There's different offers. My wife and three kids are, you know, my everything. So it'll take time, but, you know, in the end, it'll hopefully I'm able to make a decision. You know, it's a blessing to be able to sit there with a bunch of offers and make a decision. That is uh, Marcus Semyon, or was Marcus Semyon yesterday. Of course, he is a free agent and will be a much sought-after commodity. You heard him mention the CBA in there. And uh, Marcus Semien is on the uh, player's subcommittee. He will have a direct hand in negotiations 
on the new CBA. And the new CBA, it may change the... It may change some of the financial groundwork around the game, and who knows? Who knows what free agency is going to look like after after this CBA? Maybe it's going to be granted to players earlier. Maybe you see some sort of hybrid system where age and service time factors in. I My own gut tells me that at some point we're going to move closer to an NHL model where you have restricted free agency and unrestricted free agency. Bottom line is, you know, the young players are going to be paid a lot earlier i think going forward than they are right now because i think most people just you know, realize now that the game is the game is skewing younger let's bring in shy davidi uh sportsnet's mlb insider shy thanks so much for joining us today i i, I know that it's uh though the season is over it's uh you're, you're taking care of a bunch of stuff that didn't get taken care of in the last week or so so we appreciate you doing this Look, I, I'm not going to spend the whole segment with you talking about Marcus Semyon or Robbie Ray, but I, I, you know, I made the point with Barker. I've kind of gone back and forth between, well, maybe assign Ray because you know he obviously it's good to have the pitching, and maybe assign Semyon because it allows you to do some other things. And then I go, ah, maybe you don't sign both of them. You could spend the money elsewhere, but I, I don't know. When I heard and saw Bo speak the way he spoke yesterday, I tend to think Bo is a real barometer of what what's going on with that clubhouse. I'm beginning to I'm beginning to wonder if maybe I don't have to adjust my sights a bit, and maybe Marcus Semyon isn't a little more important to this whole the whole organic thing going on here than I thought he might have been shy. Yeah, and that's no disrespect to Robbie Ray, who's also no. a big part of things for sure. But I think a lot of the guts of that team was uh, Marcus Simeon was a big part of it as was George Springer, Jin Ryu, but you know, in just talking to people around the ball club all season long, but especially the past you know couple weeks, you know, you just got a sense that, you know, in a lot of ways, Marcus Simeon was the heartbeat, you know, the, the routines and work ethics that a lot of the young players established. I mean, they were just following Marcus Simeon's lead on that. You know, they saw what Marcus Simeon was doing, and they're like, "Okay, we're 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 following that." And he has this this pull around that group, especially among the infielders. Uh, a lot of guys gravitate towards him. Uh, there's a toughness and a determination to him that's extremely rare uh, and extremely valuable. You know, and I think all those things on a daily basis, uh, you know, definitely make him a priority. But, you know, the, the overriding question for the Blue Jays this offseason, it's not can we put this group back together exactly how it was. It's how does it get better than what it was? Because it needs to get better. You know, the, 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 that's just the, how high the bar is to, to get into the postseason in the American League East. And so, you know, if you're, if you're signing Marcus Simeon, what else are you doing? And to me, the most intriguing thing that he said yesterday was he made a comment about, you know, what, how this team moves forward. And he said, you know, I'm a part of it, but you know, you improve the bullpen too. And so he's clearly given some thought in terms of how this team gets to the next level. Uh, and to me, I thought, I think that's interesting. And it speaks a little bit to, you know, he can probably envision a bit of a future for himself here, mm-hmm. but you know, it, it's how does this team get over the hump? That's going to be uh, an important difference maker there. Shy, what do you think the plans are for Nate Pearson next year? I think they're going to try to give, give him a chance to start, you know, unless something changes, 
And it, it very well could, you know, depending on, you know, how he emerges from if he needs some sort of procedure after the season for the sports hernia, if that's going to be problematic for him, uh, you know, there's just, he's still got the potential to be a, a legitimate starter, right? You know, he's got three, maybe four pitches. Uh, two of them are plus, you know, two of them have a, a chance to be above average. You know, if he can, if he can find a way to stay on the mound, which has really been the issue for him, you know, that you don't see that package very often. So, you know, I think because of that, you have to exhaust the opportunity for him as a starter because of what that means, how valuable that is. But, you know, I mean, you, you saw it in, in spurts in September. I mean, that, that could be a really dominant weapon out of the bullpen. The Blue Jays are going to need that kind of dominant weapon out of the bullpen to complement Jordan Romano. And, you know, the further away he gets from, you know, starting to build up a real track load of it, uh, track load of, uh, sorry, track record of, of innings, you know, the more difficult it's going to be for him to get across that threshold and become a starter. Shai, what is your read on, on Charlie Montoyo as manager of this team? Well, clearly, you know, there's been, I mean, it's Toronto and well, it, no, it's not just Toronto. It's not a Toronto thing. Every market is is hard in the manager. I mean, people wanted people wanted Aaron Boone fired uh, three days ago in New York. They were chanting for Aaron Boone to be fired. So, but what is your read on Charlie? What 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 do you, what do you think his strengths and weaknesses are? Well, I think clearly his strength is just keeping a group together and and, and sort of trying to keep uh, trying to keep the team level through uh, the in, inevitable ups and downs. And look. You know, as much as the manager is always an easy answer for anybody looking for one, right? Um, but, you know, considering the fact that this team at different points in the season had to experiment with, you know, Jeremy Beasley, Travis Bergen, Joel Piams, Anthony Castro, CJ Edwards, and others in leverage. Uh, and for a long time, basically, their bullpen was, you know, Tim Meza and Jordan Romano, and then you know, coin flip, you know, the fact that they still won 91 games, the fact that they were in it until the very last day of the season, you know, the, the fact that they had a number of losses that could have broken, uh, you know, a lesser team, you know, obviously that's primarily the players, but you know, the manager's a part of that too. So as much as, you know, people want to nitpick, you know, the decisions these days in any dugout or aren't made in a vacuum. It's, it's a group thing. You know, I think he managed that group. And I think that's sort of, you know, the, the best way that I would describe it. He managed a tough situation. You know, he was a, a face of perseverance and positivity through lots of certainly opportunities to go very negative. Uh, and there's a value to that. And there's an importance to that. Shai, is Bo your cleanup hitter? going for, further? That's interesting. You know, I was actually thinking about this a little bit last night. Uh, if, if Marcus Simeon isn't back, I mean, don't you want to go, and again, depending, let's, uh, let's not speculate on what might come in, but wouldn't you go, you know, Springer, Bo, Vladdy in that, in that way? Or, or maybe, you know, even Springer, Vladdy, Bo? I, I think uh, to me, I want him in my top three if I can. Uh, but, you know, he certainly was capable. He certainly seemed to enjoy uh, hitting in the cleanup spot. 
And, you know, you can make the case that he was their best player in September uh, offensively. Um, you know, so I think what's nice about him is that you can just put him really in anywhere uh, and, and his game is going to play and you don't really have to worry about it. And, you know, I think where he ends up really depends on, you know, what's, what's the other piece that you end up getting. What do you think this team, this group, Shy take took away from this year? You know, obviously, last yesterday was 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 hugely disappointing, and I think there's a sense, and rightfully so. I think there's a sense that there are a couple of teams in the postseason that aren't as good as the Jays are right now, that aren't playing as well as the Jays are right now. What do you think this this group will take away from 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 this year? Well, I mean, there's def- a de- definite sense of missed opportunity, right? Uh, because it, it was a missed opportunity. Um, I also think that, you know, as cliche as it is, uh, you know, I really think that this experience will hammer home to these players. You know, the, you know, the, those losses in April and May really do matter just as much as the ones in September. And, you know, if you look at the way this season progressed, um, you know, baseball is so long that you can procrastinate, go on a long run, and still kind of get there in the end. And the Blue Jays did that. But, you know, they didn't have a, lo- a single losing month, which is obviously, uh, you know, a remarkable feat of consistency. But they could have, you, know, you pile up a couple of those extra wins in April and May and in June, and you're not talking about this. So I think that's one. And, you know, the other is, they led some games, especially this past month uh, and a bit in August too, you know, against the sub 500 teams get away from them. And that, you know, it's going to happen. You're going to have an off series here and there, but you think about going 0-2 to the Nationals, you think about going 3-3 and against the Tigers, uh, and you think about going, uh, what was it, 5-3 uh, and against the Twins, mm-hmm. you know, <sighs> There's there's one win in that in in that there in that in that those groups of games right there that gets you to the postseason. So, you know, to me, it's that extra little bit of attention to detail, that extra little bit of focus on you know those games that you think that you've got to you're gonna you're just gonna boat race and all of a sudden you're you're grinding out. You know, that may be something that we see a little bit more in this group next year. Shy, really good of you to do this, man. Thanks so much. Thank you. Pleasure, guys. Be well. Shai Davidi, our MLB insider with Sportsnet, and we appreciate his contributions uh, throughout the year. And we look forward to the contributions he does not yet know that he's going to make in the offseason. 416 <laughs> <laughs> 590 star 591-888-666-0590. We're on till noon. We've got time to deal with a few more callers. Stephen Bournemouth in the UK. Welcome to uh, Blair and Barker. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Kevin. Nice to speak to you. Thank you so much uh, for having me on. Uh, love listening to you guys. Uh, and particularly uh, delighted to hear about you moving to the uh, Blue Jays talk show. Uh, that for us in the UK is a, is a must-to listen, uh, particularly with so many games uh, being in the evening, which means it's the middle of the night here. And so it's a good early morning catch-up on, on what's happened overnight. So thrilled to, thrilled to hear that news and uh, yeah, just delighted to, to to be with you today, so thank you. Uh, I, I think probably my, my call coming in to you is probably like a lot of people. It, it feels a little bit like therapy, uh, talking about all that happened yesterday. And uh, I think my emotion of, um, of this season, go, going into it, um, 
I thought we would be competitive, but uh, didn't expect us to be quite as competitive as we have been. And so going into this last month or so, thinking that we were out of the race and then um, fighting all the way through September, uh, right up until game 162, uh, yeah, feeling so low this morning, really just pointed that they didn't make it. Um, I think just as Shai said, it was a missed opportunity. Um, but on reflection, uh, I think the teams have done brilliantly. So many performances that, that stand out o- over the season. Um, I think we can't help but be delighted in how the, the Jays uh, have done. And I think yeah, there's a whole group of us here in the UK um, that, that, that follow, follow the team. And uh, I know just talking to many of those guys, uh, how disappointed they are. But I think my, my question to you, um, and I, I'm not quite sure whether you've covered it at all, um, is around uh, Santiago Espinal. Uh, I've really liked him at third base over the last um, little while. And I was just wondering what your thoughts were around him being in that as a permanent position. I know that that has been a, a position on the field that's sort of changed a little bit over the season. Uh, but I thought he played really well. I just wonder whether he's uh, almost a shoe in for being in that position going forward. Steve, thank you uh, so much uh, for joining us. And uh, before before we let you run, do we still have Steve? Oh, okay, I was going to ask him if the Cherries are going to get back in the Premier League. But anyhow, beside <laughs> that, um, I'm going to let you talk about this, Kevin, because we're on the same page. Santiago, Santiago Espinal is a terrific defender. I want yeah. you to talk about, but that's not enough. You, you, what do you see of him as a hitter? And, and, well, I'll just ask you, can he be your opening day third baseman? If I have a, a better left-handed option or a better switching option at third base, I'd rather have that as balanced to my lineup. Defensively, he's he. you could argue he might be the best defender they have in the infield anyway. I know Marcus Simeon, Steady Eddie, and Bo's starting to figure it out, and Vladdy's turned some corners. But Santiago Espinal, you know, it's those it's those refrigerator moments. You walk to the refrigerator, the ball's hit to Santi. Eh, I don't even have to look over there. I know he's out. It's that kind of thing. Offensively, look, he's made some he's made some adjustments that that takes a look good look in the mirror to go. Okay, I need to close myself off a little bit more. I'm pulling my front side. That keeps my front shoulder in. That gives me a chance to level out my swing a little bit more, keep the barrel in the hitting zone. I talk about that a lot. And that is the 2021 way is, you know, drop the back elbow, get the barrel in the zone as quick as you can and keep it in there as long as you can. Uh, you know, he's, he's eliminated a little bit of the leg kick. It's not as high. It's obvious reasons because he doesn't play every day. You know, the high velocity, the breaking ball off of that, the eyes moving, that eliminates a little bit of that. That just gives him a chance. Uh, you know, do you want him playing every day? That is, that's a tough question. That's a tough question. He's a good dude, which matters. He's a good player, which matters. Would I rather have balance? I'd rather have balance. Like, I'd rather have a good defender. I'm, I'm stingy now. I'm wanting this team to go to the World Series. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Talking about meaningful games in September, that ain't it no more. We want World Series teams now. Yeah. And to have that, can, I'll ask you this. If you're a Santiago Espinal fan, can you go to the World Series if you're the Blue Jays with, with Santiago Espinal playing third? If your answer is legitimately yes, then okay. Mm-hmm. But if you just have to think about it, he's on your team. He's good enough to be on your team. He's a 25th or 26th guy. But is he an everyday third baseman on a World Series championship team in the American League East? My answer to that is no. Yeah, I, I think it's it, it's going to come down to 
how this team becomes a little less right-handed reliant. And you're not it, it, it's one thing to have right-handed hitters like Vladdy and Bo and George Springer Those and really- Teoscar Hernandez. Those, I mean, they're going to – that doesn't matter where how they hit, to be honest. But it's later in the game. You'd like to have a little more left-handed hitting options. There is a reason this team tried to sign Michael Bradley. They weren't signing him just to – just to bring him in and, and have competition in the outfield, they were signing him because they wanted an impactful left-handed bat, somebody that would give this lineup something that it doesn't have. Mm-hmm. It never got that left-handed bat this year. And if you look at all the moves or most of the moves this team made with this lineup in season, what was it geared toward? Getting a little more speed, a little more yeah. versatility, getting guys in who could who could hit left-handed. I This is where, to me, it gets interesting now. If I can add a third baseman, even a guy like Seager who could play third base for me and hit yeah, from yeah, the left side, that. would I consider, could I move Santiago Espinal to second base, maybe setting up some sort of platoon with him and Kevin, if Kevin Biggio is going to be back, some sort of platoon. I, I, I don't know. I've not seen Santiago Espinal play second base. Uh yeah, I, I do know this. One of the things about Ben Zobrist, everybody raves about looking for the next Ben Zobrist. One of the things that Ben Zobrist had going for him is he could play one position really, really well. Yeah. He could play shortstop really, really well. Santiago Espinal can play one position yeah. really, really well. And that to me is important when you're looking at adding when you're looking at adding a bench guy. And also you got to remember too, if you're thinking about win- winning World Series, that means that when you're in the playoffs, you got to have guys who can hit good he pitching. He can hit velocity. Who can hit velocity. good pitching. Yeah. And do, do you think Santiago Espinal long term? Now we're fans of this. We we want him on our team, but every day. Oh, it's a lot to and, ask. And and more importantly, they're going to game plan against that. It's a lot to ask. More importantly, could Santiago Espinal be the player he was in September without playing every day? That's the thing, because you're a big believer in that. You play every day, you get better. Now, you do, Santiago but- Espinal be as impactful offensively as he was playing once every four days. I, I don't know. But the second base, second base, really, really, really intrigues me. The possibility of him as a second baseman again, if you can't get Marcus Semien back. That that really that intrigues me, but I don't know the Marcus Semyon hearing shy talk as well about some of the things Marcus said yesterday. He almost made you think that this West is the guy. It well, it almost made you think that he's thought about coming back here. Yeah. You know that they've got to do some other things, some other things to get better uh, is here as well. Uh, I should say get better here as well. Wayne in Burlington, you got the last call. What's up, Wayne? Hi, thank you guys, uh, Jeff and Kevin. You guys have done a wonderful job. I thank you. Know how, you know, the boys have been doing throughout the season, throughout their ups and downs with the pandemic and playing in three different ballparks. You know, the, the one thing that I believe that uh, was one of the biggest reasons why they didn't uh, make it in was because our $150 million guy was uh, unhealthy, basically. Because the reason why I say this is because if you look at his numbers, they don't lie. You know, with uh, Houston, his rookie season, I think he had 78 bats and he, and he had 20 home runs. Mm. With Toronto, I think he had 78 bats with being unhealthy and he had 22 home runs. So you can imagine the amount of other offensive output he would have had with home runs, hits, extra base hits, whatnot. The amount of runs that he would have contributed being a leadoff hitter, basically where the bullpen probably would have been less stressed by giving up 
X amount of games in those 31 games that they blew. Yeah. There's a big difference there on seeing how much of, of his output was, was missing where they could have had a better outcome. Yeah. And I, I see the fans basically feel happy for next year because think about it. In his season with Houston after his rookie year, he, he, I think he only played 162 games once. But all the other ones, he's played anywhere between 120 to 140, 50 games. And he's had 35 home runs, 39 home runs. Mm-hmm. This man has a potential 40-plus home run hitter, especially playing in Toronto. You can imagine if we lose Simeon and say we get Jose Ramirez, hypothetically, at third base, you have Calvin Vigio probably being off the bench a little bit on off days, whatnot. They have a potential of hitting more home runs next year, well, even I, without Simeon. Yeah, I, I appreciate the call. Thing, I, a couple of things I have to put. Point out 78 games, not 78 at bats. If, yeah. he, if he hit 22 home runs and 78 at bats, we'd be talking about all world. Don't forget, Houston's a pretty hitter friendly ballpark, especially left field. So it's 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 not as if George Springer arriving in Toronto as if it's it's breathed life into his into a swing. But you, I mean, your 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 point is well made. They're they just they look better with him in the lineup, Kevin. They just look better with him in the line. They put a lot of he puts a lot of pressure on a on a pitcher early in games, and that's when most pitcher has their issues mechanically finding release points. And when you have issues that you leave balls over the middle of the plate, he's one of the guys in that lineup. When he most of the time gets it, he's not missing it, and that's that's a scary thought in the American League East. And you have that consistently. I said that he played twenty games the first half. I know we talk about the bullpen. He plays fifty five games. They're in the playoffs. Yeah. No, it, it's uh, the guy signed a big contract, and I think we're seeing what he can bring to the table. Yeah. Yeah. And and guy signed a big contract, and in his first year here, he seems to he seems to love the uh, seems to love the city as well. I mean, as, as I said, I think that's one of the uh, one of the real one of the real positives here for this team. So that is it for us today. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. We will be back again tomorrow. This is our new time slot, 10 to 12, through the end of the World Series. And up to the winter meetings, you've been listening to Blair and Barker, powered by DoorDash on the Sportsnet Radio Network.